Welcome to Preston Minster. Find your home, find your purpose, transform your city. Let's jump into this week's talk. Welcome back. Oh, doesn't it feel good? Feels good. September has that like welcome back feeling, like we're ready to go again. I don't know how August uh, was for you. Um, maybe you're pining, you're like, oh no, it's the end of August. Maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum thinking, oh my, just give me some routine. I need to get back to normality. However August has been for you, welcome back. It's September. And um, you'll notice there's a bit of a bit of a freshening up. Uh, We've done a few things here at the Minster to kind of freshen up where we are at. Uh, Who's had a look at the new website? Hands up if you've seen the new website. There's quite a few of you. Yeah, we've freshened up the website. Uh, That's like the central hub for us. So do keep checking there. There's a few new little designs around the place. We've upcycled the cabinets over there. Can I have a ooh for the cabinets? Yeah, they look very, very nice. That was okay. You did, you did okay there. Um, and of course, as Sam has mentioned, the chairs. <laughs> now, friends, I know that many of you came through those doors this morning and you had a number of different reactions. Some of you were thinking, oh, I love this. We're going to be such a community together. It's going to be wonderful. And some of you thought, I knew I was right. Tim is not the man for the job. <laughs> There is no way we can do that. But I hope we'll come on, we'll come back to the chairs because there's reason uh, behind the madness. Um, and it's just, we'll just call it a trial, shall we, and see where we, see where we go. Today, we are setting out where I believe God is wanting to take us next. Last term was a term of transition. And me and Sam, we were both like running at full speed and we were handing over the baton in, the, in that term area, if you like, of the 400 meter track. We were both going and now today marks the beginning of something, the new, the new chapter. So today we are like, I want you to think of it as this, that we are we're setting the foundation for where we are going. So... If there was ever a time to lean in, if there was ever a time to get the notebooks out, to open up the note apps, today is the day because we're going to be setting something for us as we go ahead. But before that, what we need to do is we need to remember our story because to know where we're going, we need to also know where we've come from. And so probably about like seven or eight years ago, People who I have probably never met and people who you have probably never met, they started within the Blackburn Diocese, they started to to dream, they started to think, wouldn't it be amazing if Preston Minster could once again become like a hub of activity where people who don't yet know Jesus can get to know him? where like lots and lots of people gather and maybe even that could overflow and affect other churches and impact other churches around them. And that's cool, isn't it? Because that's part of our story. And I've not even met some of these people. But some faithful people, they started putting a bid together. They started to dream about where we could go. 
And Blackburn Diocese joined up with HTB, this big church in London who uh, birthed Alpha. And they built this partnership and they were like, yeah, we can, we can start something here in Preston. And they, about four, four years ago, Sam had gathered a little team of us. And about 20 of us started to meet in around about July 2019. And we met in the Vicarage Lounge with an acoustic guitar. And we worshipped and we prayed and we looked to the Lord and we worshipped and we prayed and we looked to the Lord and we started to get excited and we started to dream some dreams. And then four years ago, September 2019, we relaunched in this place. The place had been given a beautiful little makeover. There was a new team and we launched this church. And it started to grow. People started to come. People who'd never heard of Jesus started to be like, oh, what's going on over there? People started to come. It was amazing. And then six months in, we had this minor little blip called a global pandemic. <laughs> and, um, but you know, God was amazing and faithful in that season because we kept growing. We moved church online. We moved, in fact, we started groups and we, we had them on Zoom. And the church continued to grow. And then we managed to kind of exit out of that and kind of something back to normality, but something new and different, and we continued to grow. And then about two years ago, we planted a church in Blackburn. Rachel and Jason, who had been with us from the beginning, uh, they went and started to lead a church in Blackburn, and some of the people in our congregation went with them, and uh, they have been going for two years now, reaching the young people of Blackburn. What a story. And then about a year ago, we planted another church. We planted St. James's, just a stone's throw away over there. We were invited to, to kind of help breathe life back into that church. And Steve and Lucinda lead a group of people over there. And that church is becoming a church for the Avonham estate. It, it speaks to the people of the Avonham estate. And, and they are beautifully growing. And here at the Minster... We've run, in that time, we've run 13 consecutive alphas, which is amazing. We've had about 10 baptism Sundays where multiple people each term have been baptized. And we've grown from this group of about 20 gathering in the vicarage lounge to a group of over 200 meeting every week here. But I believe that we are at a moment, a point, of momentum. I really believe that there's almost going to be like a snowballing effect from here. And that where God is calling us to next is going to release and multiply things at quite a rate. That's the kind of gut feeling in my heart. But we've got a part to play in it. Because church, today I want to say to us, I believe it's time for us to mature. It's time for us to deepen in our faith. It's sort of time for us to stand more on our own two feet. If you imagine a seed and it got planted in the ground and that was us four years ago and something beautiful shot up and it shot up really quick. And it was vibrant, and it was exciting, it was great. 
And it has been brilliant. And do you know what? What was incredible was that it had seeds and they, I don't know much about plants, so go with me here. But we planted somehow, something blew away and we planted and then we planted something else. And it's so exciting. But for the next season, we need to really root down and we need to grow and become something strong that can withstand the storms of life even stronger. So, Today, I'm going to be unpacking what that means. And I believe this is what God is calling us to. You ready? (laughs) He's calling us higher, deeper, and wider. Friends, I'm going to unpack it in a moment, but I want want you to imprint that on your minds and in your hearts. Higher, deeper, wider. I want you to carry that into every situation in your life. Higher, deeper, wider. I want you to have conversations with each other. Higher, deeper, wider. I want you to be in groups and unpack it together. I want you to talk about it with your friends. Higher, deeper, wider. So, what on earth do you mean, Tim? Stop saying higher, deeper, wider. Tell me what you actually mean. So let's start with higher. Higher is this. Raising our expectations to encounter the Holy Spirit and be transformed by his presence. I believe God is calling us as a community to grow that expectation that actually we can enter, go higher into his presence. And as we do, that will transform us individually, collectively, in our mission. God is calling us to step higher into it. Now, you hear horror stories about uh, places or churches that kind of go massively extreme into this stuff. I don't know if you've heard of any of these stories, uh, but things like sometimes it can get like super hyped up and people start barking like dogs and stuff like that. Don't worry, that's not what I'm talking about. That is not where we are heading at all. But to mature, to really mature as followers of Jesus... I believe we can step closer to the holiness of the God who we worship and who we love and who we serve. And he's calling us to go higher. And you know, the truth is, I don't think we really grasp the awesomeness of his presence And I think that's partly down to the fact that we use the word awesome to talk about coffee. (laughs) Coffee is not awesome, guys. Even Holy Ground's coffee. Okay, it can be very good, but awesome. God's presence is awesome. It is awe-inspiring. Let me unpack that a little bit more looking at the Old Testament. See, in the Old Testament, the dwelling place for the presence of the Lord was his temple. 
And people would come from far and wide. They would walk for days and days and days just to get close to the presence of the Lord that was dwelling in the temple. Now, let's for a minute imagine that this is the temple, uh, this building. It's not just for clarity. Uh, But let's imagine for a moment that it is. And this is how it worked. So in the grounds outside of the building, um, the temple, there was something called the Gentile outer court. And in that space, the non-Jewish people, so the people who weren't part of the kind of the people of God, they were allowed in the outer courts, like the grounds of this place. And then... The next sort of step inward was known as the outer court. And in that place, uh, all only sort of Jewish people were allowed. And so in that space, there was a little bit of hustle and bustle. There was a little bit of busyness. It was a place where you could buy the, the animals to sacrifice in the temple. There was a little bit of money changing hands. Uh, some of you might recall G- stories about Jesus being not too pleased in that situation and causing a bit of a stir. Uh, but that was, no, that was the outer court of the, of the temple. And then beyond that is the inner court. So let's imagine, oh, that was like the cafe area for our little image. Let's imagine that there's an inner court, and this is the space that we are in now. And in this space, only the Jewish men were allowed. And they would sit in silence, and they would wait for the sacrifices that they had brought They would wait for the priests to make the sacrifice on behalf of them. In pursuit of the forgiveness of their sins and in pursuit of holiness. And then there was another stage. There was like another inner bit called the holy place. Let's imagine that this this is the stage here. And in this place... Only the priests were allowed. So you had to be a Jewish man, but you had to be a Jewish male priest. And they were the only ones allowed in this area. And they could only come after they'd done all the ritual cleansing, they'd done the sacrifices, that is when they could enter. And then, beyond the holy place, was the holy place of holies, or as we like to call it, the drum cage. (laughs) And we let Joel in occasionally. Um, The holy of holies. And this was the dwelling place of the Lord. And one high priest, the high priest, once a year would enter into the Holy of Holies. And they would tie a rope around his ankle because in the presence and the holiness of the Lord, he could drop dead. He might not be able, despite all the sacrifices, all the stuff, all the purification, He could drop dead and we'd we'd not be able to go in, so we'd have to pull him out. That is the holiness 
and the presence of the Lord. Now, with all of that at the forefront of your mind, I want to take you, I want to take you to the moment of the cross. I want to take you to the moment where Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. Listen to what it says. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Do you see what was happening in that moment? Jesus was the once and for all, the one true, pure, holy, perfect sacrifice that means that not only can the high priest once a year enter the presence, not only can the priests who have gone through all the cleansing, no, not only can the Jewish men, no, not only the Jewish men and women, no, everyone can have access to the glorious, holy presence of the Lord. Isn't that extraordinary? You know, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, do we realize what we are actually praying? When we pray, come presence of the Lord, we are inhabiting holy space. So what does this mean for us as a church? Well, I guess what I believe is that we are just, we've just been dipping our toe in to what that really can mean for us. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is radical freedom available to us. There's freedom from legalism, from guilt from shame, from self-hatred, from self-rejection. There's freedom from sin, from selfishness, from manipulation and control. There's freedom from the schemes of the enemy. There's freedom from the fear of death. There's freedom from the fear of what other people think of us. There's freedom from the burden of comparison and so much more. And there is freedom to know and to love and to serve the Lord with all our hearts. In fact, there is freedom to truly become who God has made us to be. In the presence of the Lord, there is freedom. And friends, I believe God is calling us higher into that presence. So, really practically... You might, in, in, in many ways, we're actually just continuing. That's what we've always believed, right? That's what we've always held as our theology, our perspective. And in many ways, we'll just be continuing this. But you might notice a few little shifts for us as we go into this next chapter. So in our collective times of worship, you might sense a little shift in tone. 
of how we worship when we sing. You, we might be spending, we might be trying to be a little bit braver and like listening to the Lord where he might be taking us. We might spend a little bit more time like just lingering in his presence, not rushing through. And these will all be sort of subtle shifts, but it's a kind of thing to kind of watch out for. And even this beautiful chair arrangement, the thinking behind it is to enable us to kind of be a little bit freer in worship. There's a little extra gap between each row. There's a little bit more space for us. But more importantly, there's like, we are in this together to worship. We, uh, again, practically, we have prayer ministry uh, a lot of the time. We uh, respond at the end of our services and we have a time of prayer. And we're going to be, again, we're going to be continuing that. But it'll evolve a little bit over the coming weeks and months. We're going to be pressing into that a little bit more. We're going to hunger for it, hopefully, together. And so I guess for you, it's about thinking, well, actually, I want to be the one who is like going for it in worship. I'm going to be the one that's like, wow, I want to be on my knees in the presence of the Lord. Or I want to stretch out my hands to him because I want to physically praise him with my body. Or I want to to sing the loudest, even though I've got completely out of tune. The Lord loves a cheerful singer. Maybe you're going to be the one who's like, yeah, I want to press in. Or maybe you're going to be the first to, to, to say, do you know, I'm hungry. I want to receive prayer this morning. I'm going to be the first to come forward and say, yeah, I want a piece of that. The third thing uh, that you might see kind of practically is Kingdom Come. Last term, we relaunched our Kingdom Come evenings, evenings of prayer and worship. And we have more time and space to really go for this, to really pursue his higher presence. And so we're going to be doing those every half term on a Sunday night. And I would love you to think, I want to absolutely go for that. It's a real space for us to do it. None of it will happen overnight, but rather this is like my invitation to you and God's invitation to us to like pursue his higher presence. Okay, that's higher. How are we doing? Are we all right? I'm not sure, Tim. I'm not sure what we're doing here. Uh, Fantastic. Next thing is deeper. So we, the next part of maturing is to go deeper. God is calling us deeper. And so what does that mean? It means rooting ourselves in the scriptures and in the way of Jesus. It means really rooting ourselves in these scriptures and in the way and the ways of Jesus. Again, this is not a change, really. This is our theology. This is what we've held all this time. But I believe God is calling us into it more, into it uh, deeper. Paul uh, wrote a letter to the Hebrews uh, in Hebrews uh, chapter 5. And uh, he was writing to the Hebrew church. And the Hebrew church had been like, it had been going for a little while. And he wrote them this letter. And we'll read it now, but a little warning. It's a little bit uh, brutal. It's quite straight uh, talking. So Hebrews 5, starting at verse 11. It says this. 
Paul is writing to the Hebrews, he says this, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. Do you see what he was saying? He was speaking to the church and he was like, guys, you got to go deeper. You can't stay shallow. You've got to go deeper. You've got to know where we're going here. We've got to be, in order to fulfill the mission of the church, we have to go deeper. And you know, friends, I'm personally becoming increasingly aware that the culture that we inhabit, that we belong to, and the faith that we hold and the scriptures that we hold, they are becoming increasingly uncompatible. I don't know if you've been sensing it, but the more that the values of the world seem to evolve, the more they seem to be going away from the values of the scriptures and what Jesus teaches and what we hold. And so in order for us to be the church that we are being called to be, I think God is saying we can deepen, we can put, have a firmer foundation on the Scriptures to give us confidence to be the light that we are called to be to the world around us. God is calling us to deepen our roots. So what does that mean practically for us as a church? What are we going to see? Well, on a Sunday, you're prob- we're probably going to be going a little bit deeper into the Scriptures through the preaching. The first um, series that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to call it Words to Build Our Life On. And we're going to be looking at the, the words of Jesus, and we're gonna, that's going to be the starting point. And then we're going to go, oh, right, okay, how are we going to build our life on these So you might see a little bit of a a shift just slightly there. Second change that I'd love to see is with our groups. So uh, I love how we do groups here. Uh, What we do is every term, we start a load of groups, and we run them for the term, and then we have a little break, and then we go again. And it's really great for loads of reasons. It gives people a chance to have a go. It doesn't feel like you're signing your life away to be in a group for the next 25 years. Um, So I, I love how we do it. And we have the whole spectrum. We have social groups all the way to deep Bible study type groups. But what I would love to see over this next season is a few more of these deeper groups to develop. So what does that mean for you? Well, maybe God is whispering to you today, I want you to have a go at leading one of them. If that's you, David oversees groups. Have a chat with David. Maybe, maybe you're uh, thinking, do you know what? Actually, I would just love to go to one of those. I want to really prioritize going for that. That is a way that we can go deeper. 
Going deeper into the scriptures is about our daily habits too. Spend time in the scriptures together. And on a Sunday, really practically, I'd love to invite you to bring your Bibles with you. That's not really part of our culture here. We've not kind of really kind of got that set. But I would love you to think, do you know what? Each, each Sunday, I'm going to pick up my Bible. I'm going to bring it with me because we're going to open the scriptures together. It's not about what the preacher thinks. It's about what the scriptures say, and we work it out together. So I'd love to encourage you to bring your Bibles. Uh, in the beautiful new cabinets, we have got beautifully carved into the side a row of church Bibles. So if you didn't bring one and, uh, and you're thinking, oh, I, I want a paper copy, um, you can pick up a church Bible and use it for that morning. Obviously, phones are still okay, but let's be honest, they're just not quite as good, are they, as a lovely paperback uh, Bible. But I want you to come. What does it mean for you? It means, it means that I'm coming ready to engage with the Scriptures. I'm bringing my notebook. I'm bringing my Bible. I'm wanting to go deeper. That's like my heart posture. Great. So we've got higher. Everyone say, higher. Thanks. I really appreciate that because that could have been very awkward. Everyone say, deeper. Great. So I hope you're feeling excited. I hope you're feeling ready and compelled by this idea that both you individually and us collectively, we can go higher and we can go deeper. I hope you're feeling encouraged and compelled by that. But there's a danger. And the danger is that we go narrower. I want you to imagine for a minute a kind of an elastic band and it's got these four points and you see what happens is as we go higher it's like this is great we want to go higher and as we go deeper it's like okay yeah let's pull it deeper let's go deeper but you see where the force is the force is taking us in narrower And friends, let me be really clear. That is a danger for us. So what does wider mean? Wider means this. Reaching new people with the life-changing invitation of Jesus. See, I believe God wants us to go into the opposite spirit. As we go higher and as we go deeper, the force will say, oh, just narrow, just focus on yourselves. But actually, if we really do that, God's the opposite spirit. And he's like, that's going to propel you even wider because you're going to capture what we're all about even more. Now, one of the greatest things about this church, and friends, you might not know this, but this is quite a unique thing. Not all churches truly inhabit this. One of the greatest things about this church is that people can walk through those front doors on a Sunday morning, or an Alpha, or a student night, or a youth night, or be part of the Minster Kids stuff, and they may not know Jesus. They may have never stepped through the doors of a church, but there's something about it where they feel that they can belong here, that they can explore the possibility of being part of that. And friends, I want you to know, that has been a massive intention. That takes a lot of like purposefulness and intention behind the scenes. And Sam has led us in that phenomenally. I've learned so much about that from Sam. 
And it's done with lots of different ways. So I got my calculator out the other day as I was preparing this. And uh, I worked out that we have said one particular notice 408 times. Any idea what that notice is? If you're new to church today, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to welcome you to the Connect Hub at the back because we want to get to know you and we'd love to tell you more about the church. Now, why is that important? Because there's people sat here who have heard it 407 times. (laughs) There's people that have sat here that are like, oh man, I've heard that 50 times. I've been coming a year and I've heard that 50 times. Why is that so important? Because for the one or the two or the three who have come for the first time, it's communicating that this place, this community exists for them. If that's you this morning, I'm sorry this is a bit weird and a bit awkward, uh, but you are really, really welcome. Do connect with us uh, at the end, and we'd love to connect with you. Uh, We have also done Alpha 13 times in a row. Why? Because it's a space where people who want to explore this stuff can be invited to and where they can belong. And friends, so many great churches lose that evangelistic edge. So many great churches lose it. They lose that focus. They get comfy. And I don't say that with arrogance or pride. Quite the opposite. I say that with a bit of fear and trembling. This is a danger for us, that that force will narrow us. And right here, right now, on September the 3rd, I give each and every one of you permission that if you see it happening, you can call me out on it. You can say, Tim, I'm just sensing that we are losing it. We're losing that edge that we have to retain. And it's each and every one of our responsibility to keep it. And this is not a new thing. Uh, The guy called William Temple in the early 1900s, he famously said this. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. Isn't that true? Isn't that exciting? All other stuff, it exists essentially for themselves, but we exist primarily for those who don't yet know Jesus. And you know, Jesus' final words to the very first church members was this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the end of the age. He was saying, stretch wide, go, all nations, all people, all types of people. So what does that mean for us as a church? I think God is inviting us to go wider. And as I was preparing this, there was a sense of like, actually, he wants us to reach new people. And there were lots and lots of different ways that we're going about this together. I think St. James's is a really good example of us widening. 
Because St. James's is like, it's widening the reach because although Avonham isn't that far away, what the people and the community need is a, is a church that is rooted in the people and the community. And it can really make sense. So that is an example of us widening. And in April next year, we're going to be planting another church, which is so exciting, over on Newhall Lane. Again, another community with uh, deprivation. And we're going to be planted there. You'll hear loads more about that in January. Um, but that is an example of us widening. In, a, in Church of England terms, there's a thing called parish boundaries. And like each church or group of churches, they are responsible for uh, everybody that fit within that parish boundary. And that's one of the things I love being about the Church of England because it makes us root in place. And um, uh, so we are literally going to be widening our parish boundary. And we're widening it by 22,000 people. (laughs) And many of whom are part of really deprived communities. God is asking us to reach new and to go wider. We've got thousands of young people coming to the city to study at UCLan. People who've never left their home, probably, but they're coming to our city. What does it mean for us to widen our reach and to welcome them in? Last week, I had a conversation um, with a chaplain of a, a, of a school, and there was like we explored possibilities about how we can have more influence within that school. We're going to widen it and reach more young people. Next week, I've got a meeting with a a prison governor, and we're going to be exploring whether there's any partnership we can do with Spear and with that. Who knows where that will lead, but we're pushing that door to see, do you want us to widen a little bit there? We want to make church accessible. The reason we want to make church accessible is because we want people to access Jesus. And I believe God is creating a community amongst us that means we're going to be so much um, more equipped to welcome all types of different people with different needs, with different complications, with anxiety, or whatever it might be. And we are going to reach new people by meeting that. And we're going to keep going with Alpha. And we're going to reimagine and get excited again. And we're going to evolve what Alpha is all about. And we are going to give the welcome to the newcomer notice every single week still. But you know, friends, what I would love you to do is every time you hear that notice, would you pray? Would you pray that that notice has a disproportionate impact on someone's life? that they might discover through that invitation that there is a beautiful depth to knowing the love of God. And there is a community that they can be a part of. So what does it mean for you to go wider? Well, there's a few little practical things. One is, on a Sunday morning, would you be the first to go to someone who you think, are they new here? They've, they've come through, they've had the welcome, they've had the, been offered the coffee, and they come and sit in here. Would you be the first to go up to them and say, hi, I'm Dave? Or, I, I, won't, I won't list names. I'd say, Who, how are you, what's your name? Tell me your story. I'd love to welcome you in. What brought you here this morning? Would you be the first to welcome people? And would you widen your invitation 
There was some research done um, recently called Talking Jesus, and there's loads of headlines on that piece of research. But one of the headlines is this, that one in three people, after a conversation with a Christian, brackets, not a vicar, close brackets, want to know more about Jesus. So that means that one in three conversations that you have with people, that there'll be one of them will be hungry to like find out more and they might come to Alpha or they might be interested in the invitation to church. So you personally, if you could widen your invitation, that will have a massive impact on where we are heading as a church. Friends, this widening is only possible if we go after it together, right? There's not, it's not about the plans or the schemes or the strategies. Actually, the widening is like a posture of our hearts. Let's widen ourselves. Let's widen our doors in every way. So, that's it. We want to go higher. We want to go deeper. And we want to go wider. And I want you to know that that is my invitation to you. This isn't me saying, oh, this is what a select few people are going to do. This is my invitation to you to be part of. But even more importantly, even more excitingly, I believe with all my heart, this is God's invitation to us. Let me tell you why. Because I am not stood here today saying, oh, guys, I know what it's like, higher. I've been there loads of time. Come on, let's go. It's going to be great. I'm not saying, oh, I'm deeper yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100%. I've got this deeper thing sorted or wider. But what I am saying is in my soul, in my very being, I believe God is calling us to go and explore this together. What it means for us to go higher and deeper and wider. So on your chairs, you have this beautifully designed card. And I want you to put this on your fridge or on your bathroom mirror or tuck it in your Bibles. And I want you to keep looking at it. Let it, let it nag you. <laughs> Am I going higher, deeper, and wider? What do we mean by higher? Oh, it says it on the back. Let me refresh myself. What does it really mean? This is a gift to you, so treasure it, take it with you. So, friends, should we go for it? Should we go for it? It's exciting. Let's stand and let's pray that scary prayer together. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. See you next week. Thank you.